duc in altum. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria. This beautiful gospel by the Lake of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee. It's absolutely beautiful in the very beginning of our Lord's public ministry. Therefore, it's very instructive in a way you could say programmatic for his whole ministry. So go back in your minds, the baptism in the River Jordan, the fasting, the temptation in the wilderness, 40 days, comes back, wedding of Cana, nice many miracles and healings, beautiful things, and then the calling of the disciples in this context of today's gospel, and then he goes and gives the Sermon on the Mount. This is like that first honeymoon time, the honeymoon period of our Lord's public ministry, all this kind of, you know, brightness, and we still have hundreds of gallons of wine left from the wedding, you know, this kind of thing. So it's all smiles and nice things, okay? Fish are jumping into the boat. It's really lovely, all right? So everyone should be smiling at this point. (laughs) Okay, everyone who's listening maybe is smiling now. Okay, very good. All right, point one. Well, I'll give you the three points, the preview. So Christ, the new Moses, Christ, the new Torah, and the little boat of Simon Peter, the new Israel. Okay, so all newness and happiness. Okay, so no long faces, strictly forbidden. Good. All right, Christ, the new Moses. Well, how do we see that in today's gospel? It's right there. St. Luke is very attuned to this. And sitting down, he taught them, namely the crowds, from the little boat. Hmm. How do we get Moses out of that? Well, as you know, Holy Father Moses did what? He did his 40-day fast. And then what? Up Mount Sinai to receive the Torah, and he did what? It's the place of the judge to sit down. Where he sits is his place of judgment. So Christ sitting here teaching, he's assumed the mantle of Moses. He's sitting down and is going to preach. How else do we know it's Christ, the new Moses? This way. Moses, by the power of Almighty God, led the, the Hebrews where? Dry shod through the Red Sea had parted, So Christ does that miracle, but even greater, you could say. Christ is sitting on top of the waters. The waters are very dangerous. They're both the waters of death and the waters of life. So Christ later, of course, will walk across the same lake, not using a boat that time. That's the trick. Okay, but now he's sitting on top of the water. The water is like the whole created universe where you can be drowned. It's it's dangerous but he's placidly sitting, showing his dominion over it all. Okay, point one, Christ the new Moses. Good. Point two, Christ the new Torah. Now this is going to be seen much more clearly on the Sermon on the Mount, which he's about to give, right? Next chapter, all right? He's about to do that. So here we just have a little, we don't know. (laughs) St. Luke just says, and sitting down he taught them, and then the next thing. So we don't have the words of this homily recorded. 
because it didn't have a, a stupid iPhone, okay? So we don't have it recorded, so we have to just kind of take it for granted, take what I'm telling you for granted. Christ is preaching, and this is the new Torah. So just as Christ himself summed up the teaching of the old Torah, which is, of course, still in effect in this sense, how did Christ sum up the entire law? Torah just means How did Christ sum up the whole law? Love God with your whole heart, mind, body, and soul. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the whole Torah and the prophets. Okay? So where do we see that in the gospel today? Well, he teaches them, and that's what he's teaching them. But also, now he goes beyond. So just as the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, just as that takes up the whole Torah and goes beyond, so too, Christ here, not only love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself for the sake of God, but now he goes beyond and he gives St. Peter a very scary command, really. In Latin, it's very nice. Duke in altum. Cast into the deep. The Father's love to meditate upon this is very rich. You can take it at many different levels. There's the literal level we'll start with, and then uh, the uh, mystical levels. So cast into the deep. Well, what did he mean? Well, on the very literal level, of course, literal le- level, he meant, well, take your nets and throw them into the water. Okay, so that's the literal meaning. But mystically, let's unpack that a little bit. All right, so that's kind of point two, but we need point three now to, to get that some more. Because point three is about the little boat of Simon Peter being the new Israel, Okay, meaning the church, right? Okay, so this is the context. So we speak of the church universal, the Catholic church, right, as being the boat or the bark of Peter. This place where you're sitting, of course, as you know, is called the nave of the church, navis. And and a little boat is not a navis, but a little boat is a navicula, a little boat. That's important. (laughs) All right. So, Simon Peter is sitting in the Navicula, the little boat, a symbol of the entire church. And Christ is commanding. Christ is in charge of the boat. It's Peter's boat, but it's kind of like on loan. Okay? Cast into the deep. And then, unfortunately, or fortunately, we're all like St. Peter. So, we have better ideas than God, of course, because, you know, we're so bright and everything. Well... So St. Peter has something to say to God because he has a better idea. And he says, well, you know, preceptor, teacher, hmm, get back to that in a minute. Well, teacher, you know, we've been kind of working all night and we haven't caught anything, so maybe we can, maybe we can skip this fishing expedition. Huh? Hmm. Let's look at that a little bit. Preceptor, I'll get to in a minute. Teacher, we've been working, laboring all night and haven't caught anything. Now there he says something true. Think of St. Peter in the context of the time. 1,500 years before his Holy Father Moses, 1,000 years before St. Peter is King David. But where's that kingdom? 
in Solomon's temple, that's destroyed, and destroyed again, destroyed again. Okay? There has not been a prophet in Israel for 500 years. That's a lot of nights. So that's a better way to think. We've been working all the night. Yes, we have 500 years every day, every night, and we have nothing. Think of the nothingness of the Galilean fishermen under Roman Empire. It's quite a lot of nothing. (laughs) Okay, so that's true. The next thing St. Peter says, But at thy words we will let down the nets. There it is. So even though he talked back to God first, that was his first natural reaction, but then cooperating with the grace that God had given him, he obeyed. And so he did what the Lord asked, even though he maybe rolled his eyes or thought, well, this is a bit silly. Okay. And so now we're getting somewhere, I hope. And when St. Peter had done this, pardon, when they had done this, they caught the wondrous, wondrously abundant, overflowing catch of fish, so much so that their nets were breaking. Well, that's just beautiful. So, St. Peter there, with his little nets and his little boats, mystically, the mystical catch of fish, all nations are there. So that's why we see St. Peter's boat as the new Israel. All those different fish. After the resurrection, there's another catch of fish in 153 and all these things going on. The symbolism there is, again, the ocean or the water, the sea is everything, all created reality. An over superabundance of the different kinds and species of fishes that he caught, it's a symbol again of universality. So all of that is in this little net. And it's breaking. There's many things there. The significance of the nets breaking. Well, one, the generosity of God. God is never outdone in generosity. You go fishing one night, give him a little bit. He's going to give you more than you can imagine. All right. But also, what happened? The nets were his daily way to earn his bread. Right? Christ wants to take you and me in a new way. In a new way. Don't we want to be taken in a new way? Yes and no. We want what it looks like at the end, the saint. But we have attachments to these nets. Hmm? Maybe the nets have attachments to us. Barnacles on the boat, the nets. But in order for Christ to take Peter and make him Simon Peter and the rest of the twelve, his nets have to be broken. You can take that for the nets of sin, but sin is not really in the picture here in this, even though St. Peter then confesses, Lord, I am a sinner, depart from me. So maybe we can take it as sin. But then also, even not sinful things, but old habits and ways of being from the past, if we really want to be a new creature, creature, new creation in baptism, it requires something new. It's the greatest foolishness to think that we don't change anything in our daily routine, but somehow we're going to be wondrously transformed into these beautiful, holy people we want to be. 
that's great foolishness. So, the nets have to be broken. After the resurrection, we have a very similar scene. And you might think, well, wait a minute, this is after the resurrection. Why does St. Peter say to the twelve, I'm going fishing, anyone want to come? And they spend all night again, no fish. You might say, wait a minute, I thought the resurrection was supposed to change them. I thought they weren't supposed to go back to their former ways of being. Exactly. When God asks something from you, from me, if we give it authentically, wholly, generously, He will receive it. And He's going to give it back to us, but in a different way. In a way that we can't see. He doesn't give us back the same old thing. Because then that would have been a waste of everyone's time. Huh? So St. Peter gives him his nets. He gives him all of his boats. The last line of the Gospel says, They abandon everything upon shore, left everything, omnibus relictis, and followed him. So three years later, after the resurrection, Christ gives it back, but in a different way. Remember when Peter comes to the shore? Haduk and Altum. Good. I knew I had to say something about Duke and Altum. So at the very beginning of our Lord's public ministry, he says to Peter, throw your nets in the water. All of your natural reasoning and wherewithal. And give that to me. Peter does. Three years later, after the passion, death, and resurrection, and Peter's triple denial, the Duke and Altum takes on a different aspect, doesn't it? So think of St. John's Gospel, Christ on the shore. Peter doesn't recognize the Lord. John says, it is the Lord. And then what? Duke and Altum. Peter doesn't throw his nets in. He throws himself in. And when he comes to shore, what? Christ has already the banquet prepared. The fish, the honey. And then we have Peter's triple confession to make up for the triple denial. It's very beautiful. But I hope you see yourself, and I hope I see myself, in this gospel. Because again, this is the whole plan for the spiritual life. <laughs> if you many different ways you could say it, but this is a very nice one. Father, what is the spiritual life? Duke in Alto. God bless you and Ave Maria.